everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mobius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend, Josiah. Thank you for tuning in. This is our Galatians chapter 2 study. We just got done going through the book of James. Before that, we did the book of Proverbs. And now, obviously, uh, we are doing a deep study on the book of Galatians. This is season 17, episode 172. Here on Mobius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we continue to also be prepared for the second coming of Christ. If you are a Spotify listener, there is a question posted below you can answer if you have a smartphone about this study on Galatians chapter 2. If you would like, you can rate and review my show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you are listening on. Okay, so my voice may sound a little bit different because I went to the Lions game on Sunday and the poor Lions lost by three. It's the defense. Um, I'm a football fanatic, so I know this podcast is about Jesus, but Jesus loves that I love football. So, But I've made sure that it doesn't turn into idolatry, and I've prayed, been praying a lot about that, actually, and the Lord's been reassuring me that it's not. And, um, yeah. So the verse of the day is actually out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 19. And it reads out of the um, NIV, The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. I love that. We can read so much on how God can speak metaphorically, And I wonder what maybe the sun or the moon was representing in Hebrew language there. That's what's coming to my mind about that. But, of course, that's where we look at context. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, I was yelling at the Lions game. Like, I mean yelling. And, anyway, I got to talk uh, on the phone with 97 won the ticket a couple times over the past week. And it's been very cool. My heart has raced to about 121 beats per minute uh, when I do call them. And uh, Lord, I just ask that you'd break off that fear of man in Jesus' name. <laughs> um, and I am, uh, I am, my allergies are kicking in, so uh, you might kind of tell maybe that may, that may be when I sniffle up or when I, I might sneeze. So just please be patient with me. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to have to make this into a two-part series. I say that as we're recording three minutes in, but... Okay. Let's open in prayer, beloved. And if you'd like to know the song that's playing right now, it's called Endless Life by William Augusto. Lord, I just thank you so much for who we are in Christ. I thank you that you're moving in our lives. Remind us that the righteous shall live by faith. Lord, lead us to where we are to go. Your word is a light unto our path. Give us confidence in knowing that you are directing our steps in the midst of any type of confusion or in a season of wilderness, Father. Help us to ponder on the works you've done in the past. Lord, as we dive into Galatians 2, I pray... 
for work to be invigorated in people's hearts to walk in your grace and to grow in your grace, to walk in holiness, to pursue you with wholehearted love. Yeah, so um, I just I have this image in my head, and I'm, I think I think I have a word. It's so crazy because before I sat down and pulled my MacBook out, I felt like God said I'm gonna have a word for everyone, and I was just kind of like I didn't acknowledge it, but I heard something. So what I, I I see like I see a beach, and you see all the water in front of you, but I see Jesus standing on the water. just trying to listen and more see what the Lord is saying so just be patient with me yeah I just I hear Jesus saying come out whether that's like being more vulnerable with the Lord telling God certain thoughts in your mind declaring the truth of the gospel over yourself and what Jesus did in the finished work that fulfilled the wrath of God for those who trust in his son. Um, but I see as he stands there, he's being very patient. He's not like irritated or getting angry. So if there is a step of faith whether it's like moving somewhere or you having a deeper intimate deeper intimacy with him like just in your alone time with Jesus he's not getting like upset or angry or impatient in the midst of what he's calling you to do so Lord I just pray for grace Lord, you said you'd give us a new heart of flesh. So just move in our hearts to not walk in idolatry that may be causing us to, to, to um, not come into what you have for us. I just hear the Lord saying there's nothing to worry about. There's absolutely nothing to worry about. And that he loves you. He adores you. He has seen your cry. I don't know if over the... I, I feel like the, I'm not going to say I don't know because you never heard Jesus say anything like that ever. Jesus, the Lord is saying he has seen the, the past three nights where you have felt very alone in your bed and you just it's been very hard for you to talk to the Lord he's saying I've seen that and I've and I've oh and I've I've been with you yeah he's invigorating work in your heart I just really encourage you with 
that verse in Psalms where it says, Oh, you righteous people, pour your heart out to the Lord. I think it might say you're righteous people, but, but David does say, pour your whole heart out to the Lord. Father, I pray for those who are fervently and persistently praying for something that they would continue to cry out day and night that Luke 11, 5-13 they would persistently pray and find beauty in that they would see your glory in it Lord We love you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Lord, for what you did through your Son to redeem us from the curse of the law. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, so, okay. Galatians 2. Here we go. I do have a water here so I can stay hydrated. Thank you very much. So, let's get some context uh, around understanding what Paul continues to write here because there are no chapters in Paul's mind. This is all one letter that he wrote. We read at the end of chapter one, Paul defending his ministry that Christ had given him by, do, by, by going out and preaching the gospel. He was elaborating from what he says in verse 10. Paul, um, talked about how he is not here to please man or gain their approval over his ministry and that there has been given sorry and that if that was even his plan at the beginning of the day he would not be an apostle of Christ my glasses are a little bit dirty and I can't see my computer screen completely I wish I had tissue, but I don't. I ran out today, and I didn't have time to go to the Dollar Tree and get more. <laughs> so so then, verses 11 through 24, Paul elaborates more. Back, we're going to, Sorry, I'm, we're going back to chapter 1, of course. Verses 11 through 24 in chapter 1, Paul elaborates more on how verse 10 is so. I say that to say, when you read these next verses in the context of what Paul said in verses 11, 24, 11 through 24 for chapter 1, it will make more sense. So I'm just giving you an overview so that when we get into chapter 2, you can understand it tying in with chapter 1. Because sometimes we read a chapter in the Bible and then, and then we're done which is fine, but when we come back and continue, it's important to remember what we read previously. We can relate this with how police, police officers, F FBI agents, and detectives look at crime scenes. They go back and look um, at what they have learned and see what they might have even missed. So Galatians chapter 2, uh, the title for verse, for, for, for the, um, again, the title is just to give you an overview of what the chapter is about, those words were not found in, 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 in original manuscripts, but the title is Paul Accepted by the Apostles. Verse 1, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. Verse 2, I went up because of the revelation and set before them, uh, though privately before those who seemed influential the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running 
or had not run in vain. So verse 2, the part where it says before them, it is talking about the apostles, James, John, and Peter, the people who he encountered, which we will get into later on. Verse 3, but even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. So he's saying in this day and age, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, um, and Paul's going to talk more about these false brothers. He's talking about false brothers in Christ who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery. So he goes, he goes, I have notes here and I'm not reading the notes. I'm going off script again, but <laughs> I'll just go off the notes. Okay. Well, for, for, for verse 4, he says, False brothers, they were secretly brought in, and they tried to take away the freedom that Christ brought us, and they, they tried to bring us back into the yoke of slavery. And we'll get into that in chapter 5, that the law had brought. So verse 5, To them we did not yield in submission, even for a moment. So let's, okay, let's look at verse 5. Pull out your Bible, look at your YouVersion Bible app, look at this with me. Verse 5, to them, meaning the false brothers, which is stated in verse 4. He goes, we did not yield in submission. Um, I don't have the Greek information for that, for that word yield, but to yield means to like, oh, should I? Like, ooh, I don't know. Let's just look it up real quick. I'm going to look up the Greek word real quick. It'll be just a second. Hang on. That was verse 5. Okay, it means to yield in the Greek. So it's it, it means exactly what it says. Okay, that's maybe why. Maybe I did look at it when I did study this, but um, I didn't write it down because it was the same word. So he says, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. He keep it's like it's so simple. He goes, We didn't yield to it, because if we did, then then what the verse continues and says, the truth of the gospel wouldn't have been preserved. So here, verses 1-5, through five, Paul explains that the apostles accepted Paul's teachings. Why? Because the revelation of the other apostles have received from, from Christ was the same with Paul's. Um, okay, yep, we're going to get, yep, okay, I'm just thinking in my mind right now. Because I, I've, been I've been listening to Joyce Meyer's teachings on Galatians that's been really good, and there was some stuff that she said that was running through my mind, and Gosh, I don't need to explain myself. Okay. So then Paul gets into other Christians who were not who were still not agreeing with the message of what the apostles were saying. Um, which was of course the message they received from Christ. To repent from your sins and if you believe in the gospel, you believe that Jesus died for your sins, that he fulfilled it, and there's there's nothing else to be done, you're saved. That's it. That's the bottom line. Jesus says it. He said it is finished. Paul, so I'm gonna back in, I'm gonna back up here. Then Paul gets into an, uh, into other Christians who were still not agreeing with the message that the apostles were saying. They were slipped into uh, take away the freedom that had been brought through Christ by putting other members uh, in the church back into the yoke of slavery. 
brought by the law of Moses. Verse 5 shows that. So verse 6, and for those who seemed influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. So, okay. This is a study, and, I, I, and I've been, over this past week, ever since we did our Galatians 1 study last week, I've been pondering on how I tend to go very fast, and the Lord has shown me I want you to slow down a little bit, and so that's what I want to do right now. So right here in verse 6, I don't, this, this isn't in my notes, this is off script. He says, those who seemed influential. He's talking about the apostles right there. He goes, they didn't add anything to me. Because God, no, God shows no partiality. The same thing that I had, they had. So verse 7. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel, meaning the apostles, to the uncircumcised, meaning the Gentiles, just as Peter was entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, which was the Jews. Because the Jews were coming into this church in Galatia, as they were circumcised and they were saying, if you are not circumcised and do not follow the law of Moses, you're not saved. You're, you, you can't follow Christ. So verse 8, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. So when he says, for he who worked through Peter, who's he? The Holy Spirit. He's saying the same one. We are all one mind, like the book of Acts talks about. We all have the same message. We're not, dip, we're not dipsuhas. We're not, we're not double-minded in this message, message of the gospel. Verse 9, And when James and, and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas, to Barnabas and me. And we should go to the Gentiles and and they to the circumcised. So he goes that we, him and Barnabas, should go to the Gentiles, which again can translate into the uncircumcised, and they, meaning John and James and Peter, to the circumcised, which is the Jews. Verse 10, only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. So verse 6, Paul is talking about uh, people who were telling him and the church to be circumcised and follow the law of Moses in order to be saved. That's what verse 6 talks about. Now verse 7 through 10 uh, elaborate on how the apostles approved even more the message of Paul was giving during the time of when Paul was out and about giving the good news of the gospel and then allowed Barnabas to go along with Paul. So those are, we just went through verses 1 through 10, okay? And I really encourage you, take notes down, um, and I encourage you, to, don't believe everything I say. I don't know everything, and thank God for that, because I'd fall into a lot of pride, honestly. So Sometimes that can be uh, the thorn in the flesh that God puts in us, is not knowing everything to keep us humble, because our salvation isn't found in that. So God's like, yeah, you're saved, you're good, but so don't worry if you don't know everything. I, I, one, one thing I listened to by Joyce Meyer today. I took my dog for a walk and um, my dog's sleeping on my bed right now over there. She's so adorable. Joyce goes, God likes to keep secrets. And
and uh, I was like, you know what? You're right. He does. So, okay, verse 11. There's a new title for verse 11, and it, and, and it's uh, Paul opposes Peter. And if you like to know the song's playing right now, it's called "Set Us on Fire" by uh, Waldner Worship. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him face to face because he stood condemned. Now, Cephas is Peter here in verse 11. That's what it translates into. And where it says at the end of verse 11, Peter stood condemned because of his own actions. Um. Oh, yeah. So he's saying he stood condemned because of his own actions. Then Paul continues on why Paul opposed Peter. So verse 12, for before certain men came from James. He, meaning Cephas, Peter, was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, meaning James, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. So he's saying, here he is, among the Gentiles. And there's a footnote for this. Um, I'm going to get it. I'm gonna, I, th- I think I break it down. Um, he's here congregating with the Gentiles. They're eating food. We all love food. I love food. Oh my gosh. And James came and um, he drew back. He goes, because he feared the circumcision party. So it's almost as if Paul, I mean, Peter, Peter was having a little bit of codependency, a fear of man, a, a, uh, afraid of what a man was going to say. And the rest, so verse 13, and the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically among with him, meaning Peter, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Now, if you're writing notes down, I I really encourage you to, um, when we get into, I think it's chapter, I think it's chapter five. We're going to come back to this verse, and um, it's going to. This verse connects with a, a one of my favorite verses in Galatians. So write that down. Write write down Galatians five thirteen. Um, that this verse um, shows another verse in Galatians five play out. Go ahead and write that down real quick if you are taking notes. That this verse, verse 13, I'm going to just repeat myself one more time just in case, shows a verse in chapter 5 play out. There's something that chapter 5 says um, that is then, then, then is then portrayed in verse 13. So verse 14, but when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you... Though a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? He's going, you're contradicting yourself, Peter. Now, Paul doesn't say that. I'm saying what Paul is practically saying. So essentially what is happening here is Peter was eating and congregating with the Jews and Gentiles. Or sorry, just the Gentiles, not the Jews. And he drew back from the from when the Jews and... James came because he saw himself as circumcised and not the Gentiles. Paul, he was ashamed. He received the good news of the gospel that it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. He, he went back into that yoke of slavery. 
and he did not continue to walk in the gospel, in, in, in the good news that he had received. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. That wasn't, that wasn't active there. Now, Paul rebuked him for that attitude because Peter was not acting in the way of the message of the gospel, which Peter had not only received from Christ, but was doing the same duty all the other apostles were doing, preaching the gospel. And um, honestly, beloved, I feel like this happens in the church. I know I've acted in this way where I will be in a conversation and act in a way of getting other people's approval in a certain conversation that would only stroke my pride more. Um, which is honestly uh, what probably happened with Peter. This still happens today, and we need to ask God to change us from the inside out to act in a way that is honorable to him, the Lord. That That is all of us in our duty with Jesus, being faithful with what he gives us in, this, in, 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 in the seasons that we go through with him. Sometimes we, 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 we act in a way that is dishonorable with the gospel. We, I'm going off script now, but we just act in a way of codependency. We, we act in a way of gaining people's approval. And there needs to be someone that steps in like, like Paul did. And maybe just doing Galatians 6.1, if someone is found in a sin, you who are led by the Spirit, restore them gently. Say, hey, you received the gospel. Don't walk in that way. I love you so much. And you'll look back on this and thank me that I did it. Because if I say I love you, but I don't show it, it's in vain. Okay. And so, you know, anyway, verse 15, there's a new title and it's justified by faith. So Paul says we, verse 15, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we, so we also have been in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because, the, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Like... I don't, I don't, I don't even think I have to add to that. I, I, ha, I have here in my notes like full caps. Boom. I don't even think I need to add to that. And the reason I wrote boom in full caps with an exclamation point is because when I read this, I was like, man, this is it. <laughs> Paul is so simple, but his simplicity is like. And I'm not idolizing Paul. It's, 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 it's the beauty of the Holy Spirit working through Paul. It's just so simple. And it's like, wow, it's so true, though. This is what Christ did. And there are so many false teachers out there that portray this, what Jesus calls in Matthew 7, a self-contrived doctrine. If you read that. In, in Matthew 7 in the Amplified Version. That's that's what that, that's where you get that from. Um, Jesus doesn't say self-contrived doctrine, but if you read that in the Amplified, that's what it says. And it's around there. It nullifies the grace of Christ. Now, there's a footnote for verse 16 where it says justify, and it translates into us being counted as righteous. In verse 16, where it says, yet we know that a person is not justified 
by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we can let's translate that into um, righteous, where it says, Yet we know that a person is not counted as righteous by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 17, but if... Now, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself now. So verse 7, but if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too are found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of our sin? Certainly not. So let, let beloved, let's sit on verse 17 for a little bit. I have a bug flying around in my room, so if you hear me clap, I'm trying to kill it. Sorry, it's just really irritating. So let's read 17 again, um, because I, I, I have I have some I have a big note for verse 17. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too are found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of our sins? Certainly not. Now I sat on this verse for about 15 minutes trying to understand it when I did this message earlier last week. And I went to an old pastor of mine after thinking and praying, and this is what the pastor said. His name is John Bedford. I absolutely love this guy. It's, I, I, this is what I say to everyone else. I'll hear five minutes of preaching from this guy. I used to go to his church. I don't go anymore. The Lord had me there for a short season. If I hear five minutes from this guy, um, it, I, I, I will have felt like I left with the whole book of Revelation. What the, how the Holy Spirit uses him is it's just incredible. So here's what um, one of my old pastors said by that. As we are seeking to live, trusting in Christ and his finished work and his righteousness, we may still find uh, times when we are sinning. The young believer, the, the, let's highlight that there, the young believer may be tempted to say, hey, I'm trusting in Christ so this sin cannot be something I need to take responsibility for. It can go a step further and begin blaming Christ himself for my sin. And so that's how he elaborated it with verse 17. I, I, think, I think it's said really well. He finishes with most Christians nowadays do not go in this direction. But the church in Galatia uh, had gotten off track. It takes faith in Christ in Christ's work to receive cleansing, but it also takes faith in Christ's power to overcome sin. I love that. It's so true. We uh, have to, of course, are to be completely certain that if we are send sending, that if we are sinning, it is not Christ's fault, but it's our own. Um, as it goes on to say in verse 18, I may begin to rebuild a life of the flesh and therefore sin becomes so verse 18 for i for if i rebuild what i tore down i prove myself to be a transgressor tra transgressor for though the law i died for for though for through the law i died to the law so that i might live to god now, where Paul says, so I might live to God, it means to have salvation that is provided through Christ because of his death and resurrection. So, I hope that 
really makes sense for verse 17 because sometimes we can get caught up in that kind of attitude. I know I have, and I've really, I don't act that way anymore. Um, I, I may be a little bit, but it's definitely not as big as, as it used to be. And uh, it was really God's kindness that led me to repentance. So, yeah, verse 20. Um, this is a this is a verse that we um, this this is a well-known verse that we that we are may know. Uh, it says, "I have been crucified with Christ," and what it means by this is that we have shared His crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So he's saying if you're... If you're uh, righteousness, which is you are justified in right standing with the Lord through the law and through all the works, then Christ died for no purpose. It doesn't mean anything. So uh, righteousness, we're going to get into some Greek here. It's the first time we're getting into Greek for Galatians 2. Righteousness, again, can translate into justification. And uh, atheteo is the Greek word for the word nullify. Uh, this word is used as a verb, and it means to do away with, to set aside, disregard, to reject, or to refuse. Those are a few of the definitions. Um atheteo is the Greek word for, for nullify. Um, I'm not sure how to exactly spell that because when I when I when I go on when I go on blueletterbible.com to look at the Greek words um it's hard to I, I, I write the words on my MacBook in order for me to understand how to how to say it, how to pronounce it in the right way. And I, I, I love verse verse uh, at the end of 20. He goes, the life I now live in the flesh. He acknowledges it. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not living in the flesh by trying to do the law all over again. When I try and do that, I totally push away what God has finished. He goes, I do not do away or set aside or disregard or reject or refuse the grace of God. For if right, Because if righteousness was through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So again, my favorite verses are uh, verses 20 through 21. And uh, what did I learn in this chapter? For me personally, I do not seek to be justified by God by doing the law of Moses. Jesus did that for me. At the same time, I love him by obeying his commands because he first loved me. And uh, of course, the context of Galatians 2, Paul elaborates even further in the beginning of chapter 2 of how his journey to explain what he says is true to show, but to not prove that what he is saying is I'm not, my notes do not make sense. Paul earlier on elaborates in chapter 2 that what his journey looked like 
and that his um, he continued to explain that his revelation was not from man but from Christ. Uh, he then explains some problems he encountered with Peter and how uh, how to walk rightly as an apostle. Um, how to kind of walk in the grace of the Lord, to grow in grace. We hear that term a lot, and I love that. I think that's a Bible verse as well. I think Paul says that at one of the at one of the end of his letters, where he's like, "Grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ." I forget what letter that is, but Paul then gets into the truth of the gospel he once spoke of that he revealed. Oh, sorry, that he received from the revelation of Christ because of the lies uh, that some of these people are saying to the many churches in Galatia. So he's, um, Paul's saying, I'm telling you guys what I told you before, because what these guys are saying, it's not true. He's, he calls them false brothers. So what can we take from this? To fully trust in Christ will then bring the right fruit out in us for each season that is ordained by the hand of God or the finger of God, whatever, or the plan of God, whatever you want to call it. We must look to see what our duties are for the body of Christ. Um, Paul's was to go preach the gospel, but not to, not to try and fulfill the law again. Christ did that for us and that we don't need man's approval. We want to live in peace with people. When people come and give us demands, like these people were saying, we can totally reject it in Jesus' name. We don't need man's approval. What we couldn't do through the law, Christ did because of his love. Well, amen and amen, beloved. That is our Galatians chapter 2 study. I know we didn't get into a ton of Greek, but when I looked at some of the Greek language for chapter 2, there wasn't too much like booming insight like 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 how we looked at james one i still am marveled by the kind of greek translations that we got when we read james let's close in prayer beloved father i thank you that you have set us apart for your purposes Lord, I pray as these people go out, protect them in their dream realm, Abba. Lord, we delight ourselves in you through the message of the gospel that you have brought through your son. We believe that you sent him. We believe that. That was your prayer, Jesus, that we would believe that he, our father, was the one who sent you, and we believe it. Lord, I pray for my listeners as they go out and they do their day-to-day things. Father, help them to be sober-minded, self-controlled, obedient to Christ in whatever duty they're giving them. Help them not seek the yoke of slavery. Help them to guard their hearts from false brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray you direct their steps into your righteous pathways. I pray for a hunger in their hearts for your word. Sanctify us through your word. Your word is truth.
Lord, I pray for anyone that's going to, that people are going to say to them that it's false. Holy Spirit, ignite their minds to just like not receive false things in Jesus' name. Alert their hearts, Lord. Any bit of confusion or strongholds built up against the knowledge of God, I tear those down in Jesus' name. I pray for prophetic visions. I pray they would walk in love, Lord. They would delight themselves in you, Father. If there's anything that I said in this episode that's wrong, Lord, show me. Lord, I think you've entrusted me with this gift and that I don't need man's approval over it. I trust in you in the midst of my circumstances. I worship you, for you are working all things for good. The righteous shall live by faith. That is what I'm doing, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for listening to me when I when thank you for listening to us when we open ourselves up and be vulnerable with you, that you desire those moments. And I pray that you would lead these people into the right teachers. In Jesus' name. All right, well, I worked on Galatians 3 um, last week, and tomorrow, after I go to prayer, Lord willing, I'm going to study Galatians 4. And then um, one, one more quick announcement, and then we'll end here. I know that I said I wanted to, that we're going to get into, after Galatians, we're going to do First and Second Peter, and that has been a book I've been looking at a little bit, and beloved, oh my gosh... This book, First uh, Peter, has got to be one of my favorites. Peter says some just, oh my gosh, he, how the Holy Spirit speaks through him is just so different. And I'm not like putting down other books in the Bible. The whole, all, all of scripture is God breathed. Second Timothy 3.16 is clear about that. Um. But after that, we're going to get into the book of Philippians, Lord willing. And after that, I'm not sure what book we may get into. I, I feel like the Lord is going is transitioning into talking about certain topics um, instead of reading out of certain chapters. And then, but of course, when I use Scripture to talk about certain com- uh, topics that are kind of um, issues in the body of Christ or people's confusions or questions, to keep those Scriptures in context, of course. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Galatians 2 here on Mobius Ministries. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.